Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Season 5, Episode 2 of the Family Road Trip Podcast. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter, and we are blessed and delighted to be with you, and so blessed and delighted to have our wonderful BDs and Elmores joining along on this ride. So folks, this is over the radio, and also we have a new edition that is visual and live video. If you go to ilovemyfamily.us forward slash road trip, ilovemyfamily.us forward slash road trip, we're also beaming out to you, I don't know if that's the right term, beaming out to you through YouTube and Facebook, and of course you can see all the episodes there at ilovemyfamily.us, and we'll talk you through it. It's not necessary that you see the visual version, but you will miss our beautiful wives who are involved with this. Again, Beatties and Elmore's two wonderful families. Your beautiful wives. Who so said, wives yeah, I'll go there. So, you know, <laughs> what this about is, their husbands? Sure. Well, I, I want to yeah. keep this in perspective. Okay. It's women surpass us, that feminine genius. Anyways, awesome to be on the road trip with you guys. What does that mean? We've committed seven weeks to gathering on a weekly basis to talking and praying in a kind of um, ritual way. You know, we ritualize what's important to us. Business has a level of ritual. Uh, sports, academics, we ritualize success, and ritual corresponds to our identity. So we want to offer you an opportunity to join us once a week to ritualize what? Receiving God's grace in our marriages, our families, and our relationships, specifically by doing this thing we call the Live It Gathering Guide. It's based upon some fun questions, some daily questions that invite us to consider victories and challenges, and ultimately we're seeking to be formed by the church, particularly with the subsequent Sunday readings. So that content as we described last week, and you can see last week's episode again at ilovemyfamily.us, that content is an occasion for us to grow more deeply in love with God and with one another. We encourage you to join us for these seven weeks. That's what makes these people heroic, and we're so glad they're with us. And uh, I'm going to go off the share screen now so you can actually see them. Let me see how to do this. Thanks all for your patience with me. And um, let's welcome back our awesome co-road trip people together. Road trippers. Road trippers. And just to make sure you guys, there you go, click off your mute button so we can actually hear you. Welcome back, Elmores and Beaties. Hi. Hi. So we're going to start right out of the gates with some fun questions. And I'm going to share this screen again for those who are with us here. Jeff, pick a number one to 50. Um, One. One, you're adventurous. <laughs> so we're going to question number one. My favorite ice cream flavor is ladies first. Let's do ladies uh, with the Elmores and then the Beaties. Actually, chocolate and vanilla swirl, just real plain. Mm. Ooh, yum. Yum, yum, um, yum. I'm going to go with Superman. Oh, <laughs> that's what awesome. What exactly is Superman flavor-wise? <laughs> I think it's vanilla with lots of food coloring. <laughs> yes, yes. The blue and the craziness. And- okay, awesome. Rachel Beatty and kryptonite sprinkled in there. I That's think. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's some blue moon in that Superman ice cream, which is legit. No. It's not just vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. But I like moose tracks because there's just lots of chocolate mm. and stuff. And you're a runner. You guys are all very athletic. So you guys can handle these calories. You deserve the treat. Go out today. It's Sunday. It's Holy Trinity Sunday this past weekend. And we're looking at Corpus Christi coming up. We're in a celebrative season, especially with all the stuff going on in the world. You know, partaking of ice cream is a little bit of, uh, I don't know, salt <laughs> for the a, soul. Should be a ritual, right? 
Speaking of rituals. Yeah. Let's go to the men. Let's go to Phil, I should say. Phil, you are plural. You are men. <laughs> <laughs> All of us today want mint chocolate chip. Mm. Uh, I'm with you on that. Absolute favorite. Steph, favorite ice cream. So I like the simple stuff also, like Rachel Elmore said. Um, if I did, if I had a venture out of that, I'm a fan of um, coffee ice cream. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just kind of. Like <laughs> I'm going to echo my brother-in-law. We're going mint chocolate chip. Yeah. Definitely one of my favorites. All right, Rachel Elmore. Without looking at the numbers, give me a number from one to fifty for our next lightning round question. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Good number. What movie are you most likely to quote? I am not a huge movie person. I'm going to admit it. And I don't have a good memory from quotes. (laughs) That's my problem. (laughs) Let's just go with favorite movie or a favorite movie. Oh, favorite movie is um, probably Pride and Prejudice. Which one? Oh. Oh, sorry. Here and Nightly. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, okay. I'm going to get you hooked up with the BBC version and you will be a believer. Surpassing. Mm -hmm. I'm not biased. So good. So good. Um... Are we doing ladies? No, we'll do okay, uh, Jeff. couples. Um, for sure, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a give quote us, in particular? Give us a good line. I thought the Rocky Mountains would be a little bit more rocky. <laughs> I expected the Rocky Mountains to be a little rockier than this. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> good, 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 good. Beaties, Rachel. Oh, I'm not a big movie person either. Um... I have enjoyed playing the little princess, not the Shirley Temple version for my daughters. Uh, there's like a 1995 version. It's really uh-huh. beautiful, but I can't say that's my favorite. I just think of it a lot. Gotcha. Awesome. So no quotes out of that, which is fine. You are a little princess. Don't you know that all queen. girls are princesses, mm. even if you're poor, even if you're rich. I am a princess. All girls are. Even if they live in tiny old attics, even if they dress in rags, even if they aren't pretty or smart or young, they're still princesses. All of us. Didn't your father ever tell you that? Didn't he? Thank you, Princess Rachel. Phil. Greatest movie ever is Chariots of Fire. Oh. I think it should have been edited to be a little shorter. You can leave out some of the slower parts, but yeah, Chariots of Fire, and there's all kinds of lines in there. Give us one. Give us one. Well, I believe that God made me for a purpose for China, but he also made me fast. And when I run, <laughs> I feel his pleasure. To give it up, we to hold him in contempt. You were right. All our work, Jenny, you've got to understand. <laughs> the Olympic Games, Paris. And so on. That is awesome. <laughs> I feel like wow, I. Wow, we even got the accent. I feel no, like I really, partook a half ahead. the movie right yeah, there. That was, that was impressive. <laughs> just thinking, just saying. Stephanie, movie quotes. So, you thought we were going to be okay. exempt. No, we have to set example well, in, by participating. In, I don't know if it's what movie I quote the most, but it's quoted the most in our house is What About Bob, for sure. Indeed, yeah. you stole mine, but do you have a quote that you recall most? We just got to figure out a way to work around your schedule. Could we work afternoons? Two to four, three to five, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? I can't, because I'll yell it. And no, it's, it's, you could do it in a muted tone. It'll test your theatrical skills. Get out of the car! Get out of the 
<laughs> get out of the car. Or when Greg is asking me something and and he, um, oh. I'm not quite giving him what he wants to hear. Like I'm like whatever or yeah, and he'll he'll say. So I guess I'm quoting you in the quotable quotes is. I need feedback, Faye. So, <laughs> which is another awesome line. Dr. Marty's a genius. So you stole and my Princess Bride. Excellent um, one. So I would choose yeah. also What About Bob? Again, most quotable movies in the Schleter home. And there's so many I could use, but I'm just going to go with I said, Good morning, Gil. I said, Good morning, Gil. Gil. <laughs> as he has his little pet goldfish in a little goldfish container around his Jar. neck anyway yeah. is a classic awesome movie if you haven't seen it it's definitely worth seeing very delightful yeah. folks you're with greg stephanie schleter and two awesome co-journers here on the family road trip podcast over radio and you can see it uh youtube and facebook i love my family.us and uh you just saw us experience a small little taste of really a delightful thing that you can do in your own home it begins with these family fun questions if you did nothing more than just shut off all the digital stuff and circled up and answered those questions went through them all it's surprising kind of how we can learn more about one another in that most simple way so now we're going to kind of invite our wonderful co-journers to answer a question maybe a little more revealing of something in their lives and that question is what it's if each of you guys could share something funny that happened in your family that you all still laugh about. And we have the tractor mowing the lawn right near us. You so. want me to go first? Well, this one's a little bit more of a recent one, but we do laugh about it about every other day is when we made the announcement to the boys that we were having a fourth. We actually caught it on video. Hello, Rachel Marie Elmo. Isaac just, his face turned red. He was going to cry. He was so happy. And then Malachi goes, tomorrow? Tomorrow? <laughs> Not tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> the was coming the next day. And then I was trying to like comfort Isaac. I'm going, you're going to be a big brother again. And you could see his demeanor changed. He stood up and goes, well, then I'm going to need help because I cannot raise three kids. You're going to help. I can't take care of three. <laughs> <laughs> Vintage. I love that. Oh. That's and then amazing. To top it off, um, the guest Isaac guest girl, Malachi guest boy, and then Rocky goes to you know the camera and goes woof woof. Boy or girl? <laughs> A dog. And we're, like, oh, boy. <laughs> we're in trouble. I love so it. We keep laughing about it. We love it. That's awesome. It seems like. Having three boys, everything in our house is bathroom related. Uh huh. <laughs> and so we were house hunting recently and we were on a main street in Perrysburg, uh, just on the main road. And the Isaac and Malachi disappear. And we're talking to the realtor in the back. And they disappear and there's a big tree. And so I kind of walk around and look behind the tree to find them both with their pants down <laughs> peeing on the tree. <laughs> now, the funny thing is, is right their backs were the main road. Oh. <laughs> but they were in the back, and, and they're still at the, the stage where the pants go all the way down. Yes, yes. <laughs> Very important rite of passage. That Very is important. great. I love it. I love Phil it. Phil and Rachel, a story from days of old that still make you smile, make you laugh. We are, uh, um, our church has a uh, catechism class for you know preschoolers and kindergartners and uh, among the songs 
It's light one candle for hope, one bright candle for hope. He brings hope to every heart. It's like a catechesis of the Good Shepherd thing. Yeah, so it was Advent season. So it's light one candle for hope, light one candle for peace. It's a nice, nice tune. And uh, um, yeah, I was mumbling one day, uh, probably in the kitchen with people around, and I said, I sang light one doobie for hope, <laughs> light one doobie. Just, it just had a nice ring. And then uh, a nice <laughs> ring. Is this right? recalling right. El- events of your past, Phil? Uh, I, maybe I was listening to reggae earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, we're we're walking into church, you know, that Sunday, and our our little maybe six year old at the time was singing sweetly, uh, sweet, exactly what I was singing, blurting so, it out, blurting it out. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's, that is so that's so awesome. <laughs> Was he wearing the yeah. family tie-dye T-shirt? <laughs> and your dreads? Yeah, they're they're paying attention. They're listening. So yeah. You actually, Phil, need to bring out have an appearance with the Phil attire, the Phil wig, and such in one of these episodes. Save it for the last. Yeah, we will save it for something. <laughs> but it is vintage. No, awesome, Rachel. So I had a couple, but I think the one that I'm going to tell is so when Philip and I were dating. We, my brother Bart had wanted to sell his house in the Columbus area. So he asked me if I would bury a St. Joseph statue in the yard of this house. So I borrowed the statue from somebody and I buried it. And so then they sold it and I needed to get the statue back for my friend. (laughs) So I don't even think we were actually dating. I think we were just friends at that point. So I asked if Philip would go on this like errand with me. So we pulled up to the house and there was a woman who, she was Asian, she did not speak English. So I had to explain to her that I need to dig in her yard to try to get this (laughs) statue out from her yard. So she went to get her teenage son and he came out and he's looking at us like this. And I'm like, I buried a statue in your yard and could I dig it up to try to take it home? And he like explains it to his mom and they both just like came out and just stood there watching us while I'm like uh, digging the statue out. That's so good. <laughs> that's vintage. So we, you know, we got the statue and we're, you know, thank you. And they're just like watching us as we get into the car to drive away. And then I'm holding it and I'm like, ah, like some dog had definitely done a number. Oh, poor St. Joseph. I had brought anything with me so um that was a good moment a good lesson in not burying the statues upside down i don't know <laughs> that's awesome at least borrowed ones right that you have to get back yeah that's so crazy. those of you who are with us another great question that you can ask of those in your family around the dinner table or in the car hey mom and dad share something really funny that still makes you laugh if your kids are older you're probably in that experience also where they're starting to share things that you as parents didn't know what was going on or didn't happen. Steph and I are kind of in that era now. And nothing too bad, but just Fine. some just minor kid debauchery, and they are all in on it, and you don't know until later. 
Maybe we'll devote an episode to sharing some of those Schleter shenanigans that took place that we had no idea. So anyways, no, do that. You're at the Family Road Trip Podcast. This is what it's all about. We're on the journey of more fully encountering God alive in our relationships. And that does require a little bit of saying, let's get together and do this. Certainly anytime and all the time. So now we are going to go back to the gathering guide again at ilovemyfamily.us. And we're going to look at the uh, what we call the daily questions. So typically these do begin with the fun questions. And again, however the spirit leads you. But um, in this case, we asked a meaningful question of something funny that happened in your past. You know, let the spirit guide that, the conversation. Now, though, this is sort of a centerpiece that we, we call daily cues because ideally these are the kind of questions that you're going to answer every single day. Um, why? Because they're participation in Christ, life, death, resurrection. That fabric is in each of our lives. Each of us are dealing with death things, challenges, struggles that we face, dare I say a crucible, from which we emerge and hopefully there's victories for us to share. You know, these are really opportunities to validate with family members that you are Christic. You are of the nature of Christ. We all share this nature. So there's a deeper meaning and purpose in asking these daily questions. So there are five here. We're simply going to ask our wonderful co-journeyers here two questions. What is a challenge from maybe the past recent history, we'll say, and what is a victory? Let's start with the Beaties. A challenge and a victory of recent history. This scripture passage from Luke, I think kind of sums this up for me. It's Luke chapter 11, verse 23. He who does not gather with me scatters. Hmm. And I just have been reflecting on how scattered I get, Hmm. how like every little challenge or hurdle with the kids, like takes me in different directions and I'm not centered when I'm not in prayer. So that gather with me, like I just, my challenge has been to not we pray, you know, as a family, but then I also realized that I absolutely have to take that time to just be in the presence of the Lord and gather with him so that my world is not about all of my different directions that I am or am not handling well, but it's like the presence of Christ is in me doing these things. And then I just don't feel nearly as scattered. So just trying to take that time to be in the presence of the Lord. That's awesome. Thank you, Rachel. With you on that, by the way. Thanks. Phil. A uh, challenge for me was to come up with a challenge, actually, to answer your question. <laughs> Repressing um, the engineering sensibility in you, Phil. But we know right. you can do it. Uh, well, uh, with this topic of of uh, family prayer, and uh, I seeing the reactions of some of our children, seeing their spiritual journeys, it's um, I it's uh, sometimes disappointing to see where they're at or mm-hmm. where you think they should be. And um, so, yeah, that's been a challenge to try to uh, to uh, make their, I guess I can't make their faith life real to them, but to try to uh, to lead them and to, um, you know, be a, a loving father and, and a representative of the Heavenly Father. Um, so that's that's a big challenge. One, one small victory in that note is, uh, you know, I heard a line the other day that um, will leave a mark on our children. Fathers who try to lead their their children spiritually will leave a mark, and, and uh, so hopefully that mark is a good one. So, uh, I guess the the uh, witness of the the importance or the struggle itself is important to see for the kids. Mm, yeah, so so well put. So that's real really too. awesome. Let's go to the Elmores' um, victory and challenge of recent history. Yeah. 
So um, I'd like to share something and it, it's actually still kind of raw. So mm. I'm trying to keep my, my emotions in check. But, um, you know, Jeff and I, when this uh, virus started, we um, chose to be fearless and cheerful and serve anybody we could um, at our office. And, you know, as people are starting to come out of this, um, you know, we haven't seen family in months, specifically my parents, for months. And um, they finally said, June, we'll see you in June because you're still seeing people. So they made, they, you know, let us know they're ready to see us, but um, they said with masks, both us and our, and they would be. And we made a choice through this whole thing, through our education and studies that masks and, and gloves weren't going to be our thing. And we've educated our children with that too. And so that's been my challenge, but my victory is I, I took a big, big deep girl breath in and I called them. I didn't want to text it and I said, I'm so sorry, I'm doing this for my kids, but we're not going to be able to see you until the mask rule is lifted for them. And um, so they, they extended it for another month. So, but I'm proud of myself. I'm, yes. I'm being a, a woman of our household and um, contacted some friends like Stephanie to lead me on what my gut and God were leading me to. So it's still a challenge and a victory. So That's awesome. So much can be said about that as parents, as human beings and navigating, owning what we within the best of our capabilities understand to be true and good before God and uh, respecting others and their sensibilities too. Mm -hmm. So right. I'm just acknowledging you put on center stage, I think the key challenge in humanity today is precisely that, a common basis of respect and honor uh, and respecting people in their freely chosen decisions and all that. But thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Feel That's the weight awesome. of it, and we've all experienced it, right. especially with family members. Right, in so, particular mm -hmm. with family, right? Isn't that the most difficult yeah. sometimes? Where I guess, and, and we talked about, like, we feel like the lepers, you know? Yeah, <laughs> ironically. Because we we're helping others, so it's just like this struggle there, you know? But, right, yeah. right. And, and, you know, we had our week, we had our couple, first couple oh, weeks of yeah. this, where we're like, what is going on, you know? But as we were just out and seeing people and, and living in the real life and turning off the news and turning off the social media and seeing what was real, we're coming to different conclusions than people that have been immersed you know, in sitting, sitting inside, watching news, watching social mm -hmm. media, and not actually living life. And so mm -hmm. that's where we're being challenged with this, is understanding that people, as they get out and realize they're not going to step outside their door and get sick, mm -hmm. um, you know, as people kind of come around to that, um, we have to be patient because we've been exposed to the last couple mm. months. You know? mm -hmm. But a, a challenge for me as being the, the leader of the household um, is, is we sold our house last year and we've been looking for a new home and we've been struggling finding the place that we think God can help our family grow and become more holy. And so we've been doing a lot of praying and fasting and with that specific intention. And um, we went through Lent. We, we thought, hey, we want to grow our family. And we also would like to um, have a home that would support that family. And so we uh, get through Lent. We find out we're expecting to join <laughs> our family. And so now we get this opportunity to live at Gather. And we said, you know what? We're going to offer this up for a home. And after our first week of doing the discussions and the prayers and talking with our family, um, the perfect house came on the market. So Yay. we had an accepted offer this week. Mm. And so we're going through the fun stages of moving now. Um, but it was, a, it was a great victory this week. Yeah. That's awesome.
Does that mean you're quitting now since you know you got yeah, your right. house? <laughs> We're done. You answered our prayer. No, that's so beautiful. I just, I love that trust and that expectant faith, you know, and expectant. Oh, get it. Expecting. Sorry. Well, I got to add another one, of course. We can't miss the opportunity to say thank you all for punctuating a turning point but, um, in your lives. I said it because the Elmores here are marvelous doctors in the chiropractic realm, which I'd say the whole human Beautiful. live the fullness yeah. that God designed us to have. Maybe we'll have a mini episode on that at some point. But anyways, no, that's beautiful. Thank you guys for sharing that. Awesome. Folks, you are with Greg, Stephanie, Elmore's and Beatties in the Family Road Trip Podcast Season 5, Episode 2. They are well down the road, a ways to go in committing to talking and praying in their homes, a meaningful time of talking and praying with their families using this Live It Gathering Guide, which you can find at ilovemyfamily.us. You're hearing us over the radio uh, and maybe view- viewing us at ilovemyfamily.us forward slash road trip. And with that in mind, so now let's maybe turn to the particular challenge. Phil, you kind of tapped it a little bit in your answer, but if you could all share and we'll start with the Elmores um, to share maybe how did the Live It Gathering go this past week? Any little short story of its impact? Sure, absolutely. So we decided to, uh, we broke it down in three different days. So we did like the first reading, the second reading, the gospel. Mm -hmm. And then we picked three different scenes to do it in to see how that would play out. So we all gathered on the couch. We went for a road for the second reading. A little road trip and then um, for the gospel we actually had everyone gather on our bed oh. and lit candles and you know being in mom and dad's room is really special yes so, very trinitarian um, also yeah so we we decided to to try different scenes but also to break it up and right. it was really neat to see how they responded in different you know environments right and um and it went really well. I actually kind of liked the car because they were strapped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And some of the thoughtfulness of what came out because, you know, really they could just stare outside or stare at us. So right. um, we really enjoyed the car too, surprisingly. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I really liked, it, what we thought was really impactful was the apology section. Mm-hmm. And when you feel like there's something you need to apologize to somebody in the family for. But what I thought was actually more impactful was the opposite of saying, you feel that somebody needs to apologize to you for something. Mm-hmm. Because what I might do, somebody might perceive completely different, where I right. just think, oh, it's no big deal. But then that person says, no, that actually hurt me. And then you can talk through it. Right. And so mm-hmm. um, having little ones, you know, the apology section is, I'm sorry for pushing you, or I'm sorry for this. Um, and then to hear a three-year-old say, you know what? It really hurt me when you did this to mm-hmm. so his older brother. I think that was a really impactful thing that in our family that we really enjoyed this week. Oh, yeah. And a huge thing we saw was from our 20-month-old. Like, I am just blown away. I don't know if it's the change of scenery or the extra prayer that we've been doing, but he's more engaged. He stays seated. Wow. He's mumbled wow. two Hail Marys. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen this. And he, like, stays, like, present with us, like, you can tell he knows this is something different and something special. Oh, yeah. And we are just like blown away by him and, and so grateful for his little Rocky. Know, it's great. Yeah, it's been really good. So, 
Very yeah, moved awesome. by that. Just testimony the first week into it, just the Elmore sharing with us how the apologies are introducing kind of a frequency in the home, a culture. Yes. And the more you do that, you'll find that out of the grid of the family gathering, they're habituated all the more to apologizing. And that point that you made, Jeff, also of just being able to say, you know, you hurt me when. And I'll say the challenge from the very beginning is say that without the but or explain or whatever. Just, you know, you get it. So, no, that's really awesome. In this time, too, with what's going on in the world, like, you know, with the Me Too movement or Mm. with things that are going on, perception is a big problem. Right. And what you perceive somebody's actions or words have done. Right. So that's why the apology is really great to say, I was hurt when. Because you get to f- see how the kids or how each other, husband or wife, are perceiving somebody's actions. And mm-hmm. I think it's really a, a powerful, a powerful thing right now. Right. Our, uh, mm-hmm. our wonderful pastor preached on empathy today in light mm-hmm. of the Trinity. And um, I think that this helps to instill that beautiful mm-hmm. quality of empathy, being able to share in that way. And... Um, like even bringing it down to a personal level, Greg and I were working through something before Mass, mm. of course, because that's usually when the devil loves to kind of, yeah. you know, get in there. And and it was kind of one of those things of, um, you know, just different perceptions of the same thing mm. and me not being willing, you know, to enter into Greg's space and be empathetic toward it. You know, and you're so gracious and generous. I was clearly at fault. No, so anyway, I, I'm publicly on YouTube, woo, <laughs> and Facebook, but but the just that that father's right, like yeah. spoke right to me with mm-hmm. that. Like it doesn't, you know, you can make excuses or be like you are way off. That is so not what was intended, or you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. But you know, in love, in that constant you know, pouring out and receiving in the love of the Trinity in relationship, in particular in marriage and family life, to be able to feel what that person is feeling and, you know, set pride aside. And um, and that was, so yes, I echo all that you're saying, Jeff. And I'm so sorry, Gregory, I love you. Oh. <laughs> I love you. Uh, let's see. It's Go on ahead. record. It's on record, people. <laughs> Beaties, they're back with us, back in the saddle again. Hi. We just think you're retaliating against me, Big Brother, for I don't know. When guys, childhood. What was your your, what's how's the story go when whoever came to pick you up for prom had to face all of your brothers standing there? That was my doing. (laughs) And being asked what his intentions were. Well, so you, (laughs) I have to say this since we're in this game. So Rachel being the youngest again of us seven, she has six older brothers and she was maybe a senior in high school and uh, she brought her date and a number of us happened to be there. We were all out of the house at that point, but a number of us happened to be there and, um, we're quite tall. I mean, I, I know you guys are intimidated by my sheer physique. So that was not necessarily a moment of intimidation. But so Rachel brings her Wait, real nice young tall? man, comes in the front door, and we all come around him and surround him and shake his hand really intentionally and say, what are your intentions with our sister? <laughs> and it was a good moment. It was really a good moment. And, uh, of course, Tobias, my brother, hid in the back seat. She didn't know that. I'm kidding. That didn't happen. Rachel, you were going to say? 
it wasn't him, so no. that was probably pretty telling. No. <laughs> he would have he wired some, I don't know, something in the back seat, a motion detector or something to cause us, I don't know. So, Elmore's, if you are blessed with a little girl growing inside of you, Rachel, you know what the, the, his, her yeah. three older brothers will be doing, the same protective, yeah. loving. Awesome. for advice. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, let's go across the state all the way down to Dublin, Ohio with Phil and Rachel Beatty. Hey guys, how did the live it go with you guys this past week? Do we have to say? <laughs> it was rough. That's okay. Let me, just, let me just say, we did the first live it guide before we had our intro session, the promo session with you guys. Mm-hmm. And I was really glad that you kind of laid out for us how best to do it because we had not followed those practices. For example, go to a special place, make it special. Mm-hmm. So we were pretty much winging it at dinner. Mm. We're like, pass the beans. What was the most meaningful thing? That <laughs> <laughs> no, go get that. Shut- I don't think we got any shut up. But anyway, <laughs> it was rough. The, the only thing we probably did was light a candle that you recommended. <laughs> so it wasn't. <laughs> okay, so, so the next time we tried a little harder and we started with um, banana splits around mm. the table you can't go wrong with that maybe Just... it was the sugar <laughs> <laughs> so then we moved into the um, family room so one thing that i learned it was a little bit late so it was a little bit too late for the little ones but mm. they the little ones are actually very engaged i would say and they want to tell their stories and mm. they want to have they want people to know what their favorite things are and they mm. want to be heard it was, we were getting some pushback from the teams. Mm-hmm. So I I think that I have to look at these sessions at the very beginning as sort of like a setting the tone. Like, this is what we're not going to tolerate. So we mm-hmm. still get people talking over each other mm-hmm. or interrupting or saying, what? How can you like that? You know, that kind of thing. So like, we are still, hopefully those two were just anomalies in trying to like teach, you know, like, kindness and respect mm-hmm. and charity um, because we have done the live it guide before and gotten some beautiful things out of it you know in previous sessions but what do you have to say about it oh uh, it was just funny we did the uh the opening uh you know fun questions at the dinner table there with our ice cream and we wanted to make the uh the prayer time the more uh, reflective time uh more serious and we so we moved over to the dining earth to the to the den family room and uh of course as we're transitioning moving over there two of the girls are fighting over the same chair yeah. like, no, it's the exact opposite of what we need to be doing right so, yeah, right this is family life you know right right and well, i just want to um you know last week we we spoke on perfection i think both rachel's had you know mentioned that and we just need i just want to you know affirm that even though stuff isn't perfect, right, or far from it, and doesn't look the way that we desired it to look, that just that declaration um, and affirmation that the Lord is still in it, you Mm. know, like you, we don't know how he's working in it, and, you know, the little side things and the seeds planted, and, you know, just in general, I just think there's such grace that the Lord honors with a yes to something that we are wanting to do, you know, for a good, for his glory, you know, to grow closer as a family, Mm -hmm. to grow closer to him. And so there's no way that, um, you know, as messy as something may look or not look, 
that we we can't uh, question or doubt that the Lord is still at work in it. And I know that's not what you're saying, Beatties, but like I just for our listeners, you know, and I I will share even with um, you know ours this week, and we've been doing this for years and years, right? And it was a rough one for us in some you know relational um, interactions and such, and a little bit of. Uh, attitude or angst or, you know, a certain interaction that was really tough, but trusting like, okay, this is, you know, the, the, the grace was still evident around it. And I think, um, you know, even in, uh, I don't, I don't know the right word, but relational, it doesn't need to look pretty or be Mm -hmm. perfect for the Lord to bless it and be at work in it, I guess is what I'm bumbling about. So no, I agree. I agree. And actually, I think one thing that we have missed our generation is um, because of the digital distractions and because of so many things like that. Hey, listen to one another. Think about the gift that you give in listening and being attentive to another person. You validate them. And the challenge to all of us of not thinking, well, what I want to say and insisting on that in a tyrannical way and just blocking out everybody else around us. And, and, you know, that itself, if we can engender that among our children to listen from the heart and to be attuned to what they're saying and to have our hearts in that way, this seems to at least be a tool to help foster that. And it is a challenge even for us adults. So anyways, folks, so glad that you are all with us again, the Family Road Trip podcast on the journey of making our homes places of ever-deepening encounter with Jesus Christ. It is a journey. We're not there. We're far from the mark. And this is just one simple but accessible way that we can experience that grace. It's a challenge. Let's face it. If you've never done this, it can feel awkward. What? I'm going to set up a time for 45 minutes to talk and pray with my family. How forced? How unnatural? Well, try it. Just try it. Say, find that time, you know, forecast it, you know, Sunday and say, let's find that time this next week so they know it's coming. Make it special. As the Beatties talked about, they had Sundays, uh, you know, did, made it a special time. And uh, just introduce some of these questions and, and set those rules for everybody to know they have something meaningful to say. So we're now going to take up a question that I know is on the hearts and minds of many parents. And it's a question of family prayer. How do you do it? And what are some maybe best practices that you guys have learned in your life that have really been fruitful? How do you understand it? So to set all this up, we have a very fun video that we're going to show. So those of you who are listening, the content should carry, but picture some very amusing faces as he shares this little two-minute setting about a very familiar prayer to most Catholics and Christians throughout the world. Here we go. My parents used to pray this with me in the dark when I was a kid. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to give. <laughs> if I should die. <laughs> Before I wake, <laughs> I pray the Lord, my <laughs> Sweet dreams. <laughs> See you in the morning, maybe. I don't know. 
50-50, I can't guarantee anything. <laughs> oh, and don't let the bed bugs bite. <laughs> so there you go. Awesome humor by a comedian, Tim Hawkins. I will say, if you get online YouTube, all safe, all good. He has so so much talent in the human experience. And he just shared a little clip there as he talked about that prayer. First of all, I Elmore's and Beatties, do you guys all. did you guys ever pray that prayer? Did you inherit that prayer as kids? We never did. Oh, we did not. I've heard it before, but yeah. Okay. I knew the Shell Silverstein version. It was like, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my toys to keep so none of the other kids can play with them. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I did want to say that since the quarantine, um, I do feel like we have been a lot more intentional about family prayer. And it's been great. One of the cool things, it's neat to pray all together as a family. And we've been trying to do that in the mornings, like at 9 a.m. And we even sometimes call the grandparents, like mm -hmm. um, Philip's parents, who we don't see very often, and bring them into our family prayer a little bit. Um, but at nighttime, sometimes when we talk the younger kids down, we've just been praying with the older kids. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's kind of funny. It's like we really want them to go to bed because it's like 9, 30, 10, and they just need to go to bed. So we're literally like, okay, going to pray a rosary. And they're like, going to bed, done. <laughs> you know, suddenly, whatever they were doing is no longer interesting, and they're suddenly extremely tired. Yes, but yes. more often than not, they actually do join us in a rosary and it's just kind of intimate and peaceful mm -hmm. with the older kids mm -hmm. so i just think that there can be different ways of praying with your different age kids because mm -hmm. um, like another thing that i've noticed that i've really been enjoying with the little ones we don't always do it but i try to just set aside like 10 to 15 minutes of quiet prayer mm -hmm. where we each like they have to pray on their own so that mm -hmm. I'm not just guiding it. So mm -hmm. I say, go find your little Bible or a journal or even a picture to look at so that we're all kind of fostering. And even I will step away and take that time so that, I mean, it's great to pray together, but it's also, I think it's really cool that they're kind of starting to pray on their own a little right. bit too. Right. So important. So awesome. Fabulous. Elmore's, Phil, anybody dive right in. Yeah, you know, um, I think both of us kind of grew up with prayer life kind of compartmentalized. Mm -hmm. You know, meals, bedtime, church. You know, we didn't incorporate prayer life um, into like our everyday, and that's what we want to do a little bit different with our family. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing we've learned is to be present during mm -hmm. our prayer time and um, limit distractions. And, um, and also, I mean, we have a five, three, one, like we need to give grace to them when needed. Like, yeah, they skip naps today. Like I can't say kneel and pray. Like, right. <laughs> you know, I, we have to give grace. We've learned that we've learned it, but, um, about being present though. Is... Yeah. Sometimes we find ourselves just go through the motions. Right. Mm -hmm. And how many times have we gone up there for bedtime and then we kneel down at the kid's bed. And then I, I'll lead the prayer and I'll say, bless us, O Lord, and you start getting like, ah, before I realize, yes. oh, wait, hang on, you know? Right, and, right. And our boys find that really funny, and then we'll start a Hail Mary. Like, Hail Mary, bless follow us, your Lord. Oh, yeah. so <laughs> but, but what are they taking from that prayer of me sitting down extremely tired and mm -hmm. not even focusing on what I'm saying mm -hmm. halfway through prayer before I realize yeah. I'm not about to eat, you know? <laughs> right, right. So, so being present with it, you know, and then 
um, and actually engaging into it is so important. Yeah. And not just going through the motions. Not going through the motions and, mm-hmm. and not forcing it. Mm-hmm. Like um, Stephanie used a great word with me once, like we're forming them, not mm-hmm. forcing them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we've really learned through our youngest, like, you know, we would try to corral him for prayers and it was a huge di- distraction for the other ones. Mm-hmm. And we're just letting him be because he's listening. Mm-hmm. You know, he's there. He's receiving mm-hmm. all those prayers. He's just not kneeling with us or, you know, but he's there and, and listening. And we can see that slowly taking formation. Yeah. So. so I think for many of us Catholics in particular, because we have 2000 years of a beautiful ritual tradition of prayers and novenas, and you know, you mentioned the rosary, which we, we can maybe talk about. And just for anybody who's listening, who's not Catholic, we clearly understand that Jesus Christ is the one in and through whom we are saved. And all grace comes from the throne on high, the Holy Trinity. But by God's design, we can just a simple note here, God chose to mediate himself through human and material instrumentalia. Some big words, I get it. Could he speak to us directly? Yes. Has he done that throughout history? Yes. Did he speak to Saul on the road to uh, Emmaus? Yes. Damascus. Damascus. Yes, absolutely. But look at God's way. His way was to speak through human and material instrumentality. We know about him because of other human beings, our parents or friends who were occasions of knowing about God. And his great desire is to weave us into that wonderful plan of salvation. As it says in scripture, we make up for what is lacking in the body of Christ. Is there anything lacking? No. The sense is though that God taps us to be instruments to be the ones to communicate a salvation. It is important to understand, do we not honor people who have been significant in our lives to bring us closer to God? And do we not ask people to pray for us who are holy, who exhibit those qualities of proximity? Otherwise, why ask anybody to pray for you? I can just go directly to God. So all of that is a bit of an insight as to what the Catholics have understood that Jesus gave us from the very beginning. So all of that said, because it's so rich, it's possible that we inherit a culture of recitation. I know these prayers, I can just, hey, it's prayer time, and I rattle through them, and I hear both of you talking about what Pope Benedict communicates so clearly in his Jesus of Nazareth trilogy, three books that he wrote about this, a marvelous exegesis of scripture, and I would have the audacity to kind of summarize to me that struck me most in his study of scripture, that the heart of ritual and religion is relationship. And I would say this is a bit of the criteria of good prayer. Is it fostering in a, re- a relational awareness with God? Is it fostering a sense that, gosh, just the awareness that he's listening to me? Like the God of the universe, heaven and earth, who made me, who holds me in existence, like he's listening to me? And that he, he knows the contents of my heart and I can lift that up to him? If that emerges and we can foster that kind of culture you know, it colors the way we see the world around us. The colors the way we see people around us. What are the palpable values that you see in your children and your family by fostering prayer, a discipline of prayer? Um, well, I, I kind of mentioned early not being compartmentalized, mm-hmm. you know, to this situation, this situation. Like the way we see it, I think for our kids, is them belting out like, glory to God in the eye. It's like, and they're playing. And yeah. I'm like, wow, that is on their heart right now right like we love that and we actually were kind of hashing out um different scenarios between like my prayer life and his prayer life and how it fosters them like Mm -hmm. i actually love to take them to adoration Mm -hmm. and to lead them into that and um, we go there every monday and 
and to see that versus you like changing the tire yeah. you know so yeah i was i was changing a tire the other day and i couldn't get it off and i was struggling with sweat and i was just slipping in the grass where it was at and and i was joke i kind of joked but it was real serious and I, I said isaac we need saint michael to help us and i said saint michael the archangel help us with this tire and literally it, the the thing just moved the tire and he was yes. And so, That's you know, we, we just like, we have fun with it and, and, and try to bring make it, it into real. make it real. Right. Make know? it real yeah. and to every situation we can ingrain this. Yep. Every, it's not just at prayer time. Like our day is a prayer. Mm. Like yeah. how cool is that? Yeah. I just love it. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've just noticed that we were, we were talking about this, how we've been praying a lot more whenever things come up. So like, We've been getting alerts on our phone that there's like a curfew in downtown Columbus because of the riots. So we stop and have everybody pray in that moment. Or if there's an ambulance, we stop and have everybody pray. Mm -hmm. And um, un like, so just praying every moment, if we hear there's a prayer request, we don't just say, okay, we'll pray for them. We just like stop right mm -hmm. there and we pray. And um, we've been trying to pray over our children mm. and we've done that a lot more often and it's become a lot less awkward so they just kind of know we're mm. going to come at them and they may be like don't touch me so we kind of hover a little bit without touching them and we just try to pray god's words over them and we know mm. they're soaking that up and mm -hmm. we hear at least the little ones and i know some of the big ones offer their sacrifices and prayers mom i couldn't sleep last night so i was praying for, like this sibling or i was offering uh -huh. this thing up for this sibling so they're they're thinking about and praying for each other a little bit more anything you want to say well i was going to bring that up about the uh yeah. you know the concerns of the last couple of months um they can you know rise up fear within you and um hearing all the uh, uncertainty and the and yeah the violence with the riots lately and and um yeah it was uh, I want to be able to uh, show our kids that, you know, when times like this, you can pray right away and ask for God's um, peace mm -hmm. and his, you know, claim his lordship over our lives and, and uh, his protection. And to, um, like Rachel said, to uh, make it a more ongoing, um, uh, it's not just something we compartmentalize to, uh, you know, per time in the evening, but when we need him, we call on him when we're changing the tire, you know, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> he knows where we're at. So, yeah, that lead us. That's cool. I, I, I wonder if your son's like picturing this humongous St. Michael, like invisible, like coming in and just like. Oh, he is. He is. <laughs> yeah. I, I told him to use, the, use the handle of this sword to hit down on the. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> you know. But see, that's, I just want to affirm too, that's so important in particular. I think there's something to be said for like masculine, masculinity mm. and femininity. And certainly yeah. they overlap, right? And I, right. there's not like a proper way for this and a proper way for that. But I think for boys in particular, it's so mm. important mm. when introducing them in the spiritual realm, the spiritual life, that relationship with the Lord, that there's something so important for a young boy to see it as mm. like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's just the church. Oh my goodness, what a blessing it is in this big umbrella of Catholicism in relationship you know, with God, that there's so many beautiful ways, you know, to be drawn to him, not use it as an excuse of, well, that's not for me, or that's not my style, or I don't do that, or that makes me uncomfortable. Um, so an openness to it always, but with the respect that um, something might be a more natural fit for somebody. There's obviously importance to having moments that are disciplined throughout the day to pray. 
and to punctuate them. The church, of course, gives us the divine office mm-hmm. and um, invites all of the religious, all of those who are priests and deacons. They are obliged to pray the divine office. And it begins with, oh, God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. How, what an awesome affirmation that these people who we regard as prayerful and holy are invoking God on the basis of need. If they're that way, how much more do we need to have a comfort level in bringing that content of the heart as David brought to God, Lord, I need you. Uh, Whatever, maybe even just existential angst that we were struggling with and getting out of bed or facing the world around us. God gets that. He gets that basic yearning in, in in his children for him. He fashioned in us this yearning for him. So to connect our yearnings and our desires is, I think, the fuel of prayer that we know that we're incomplete and he is the supply of that need. So the disciplined times to make that happen, yes. But I want to punctuate what I'm hearing you guys beautifully say here. And that is that it becomes, you know it's happening, prayer is happening well, when it's becoming a way of life. It's becoming real. It's becoming like a beloved spouse or children in the language that happens in a family. You wouldn't think to come into a room that, you know, where you see your family haven't been there all day and to, to really greet them and interact with them and how is your day god desires that for all of us and he wants that to really kind of color the atmosphere of our homes so we do invite all of you who are with us to to maybe pray about how much god desires our homes to all the more be atmospheres of encounter atmospheres of love for him and that's the purpose of this live it gathering guide to kind of open that door and introduce that relational intentional quality of this God that we have and the desire, his deep desire for this relationship with him. Folks, you're with Greg and Stephanie Schleter again, the Family Road Trip Podcast, Season 5, going down the road here with the Elmores and the BDs. So excited that you are with us. You can see us at ilovemyfamily.us. And we're going to conclude, uh, I think maybe a new segment. We'll see how this works. But, you know, we all are looking at times for good media content, and there is really good stuff out there that merits our time and our energy. Books, yes, absolutely, all about books. But media that is worthy of spending time that will change us. So right now we're going to see the trailer of a movie, The Hidden Life, which is, A Hidden Life is so moving, and it's based upon the life of a bonafide blessed on his way to canonization, a man who was revered during World War II for standing against Hitler's tyranny. And so... So here we are, a trailer of a great movie Stephanie and I have recently seen. Highly encourage you to see it with your spouse, make a date night, A Hidden Life. Here's the trailer. Remember the day when we first met? I remember that motorcycle my best dress you looked at me and I knew how simple life was then what's happened to our country we're killing innocent people Raiding other countries, preying on the weak. If our leaders, if they're evil, what does one do? You have a duty to the fatherland. The church tells you so. You cannot say no to your race and your hope. You are a traitor. Mm-hmm. 
can't swear loyalty to Hitler. I can't. Do you think your defiance will change the course of things? If God gives us free will, we're responsible for what we do, what we fail to do. I can't do what I believe is wrong. Stand up to evil. Whatever you do, I'm with you always. Uh, Poignant, Trinity, beautiful, poetic, relevant. Opening up the human experience, really, it will speak and edify your soul and how we were made to be as humans in the struggle, the challenge, which of us don't face right now major ethical questions that surround us in the world, in our own homes. And uh, it's a story of a man who battled with all of that. Recognize there's a higher accountability in this dignity of the soul that we have in this relationship with God. I can't imagine, but I will say that uh, you will be very blessed by spending the time, devoting that time and watching this movie with your spouse. Pick a time where you're not exhausted and you're not going to fall asleep. Visually, it tells the story. The, the music tells the story. I mean, everything about this movie, I want to just say it's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Our son, John Paul, a Hillsdale snob, I'm kidding, art media snob, just said it's one of the best movies he's ever seen, if not the best movie he's ever seen. Um, so really strongly encourage you to watch it. You're with Greg and Stephanie Schleter with the Beaties and the Elmores, the Family Road Trip Podcast. What is this all about? Again, just we're earnestly seeking to more fully live our nature in the Trinity. Grace outpoured in our marriages and families to discover it for it to be more than just, boy, that's a nice catechetical truth that was taught me, but meant to come alive, right? We're meant to partake of it. God created these faculties of our humanity, mind and heart and understanding and will to be absorbing to be attuned to God, to participate in God. And if you yearn for that, no matter where you're at in your faith journey, there's a horizon yet to be discovered. Think about that. No matter how awesome that retreat was that you were on or that uh, encounter, God, there's a horizon of grace, a horizon of experience God wants us to experience all the more. So we're so blessed you're with us. The second stop of our seven stop journey, Family Road Trip Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. Until next time. God bless you all. God bless you all. God bless us, everyone. Bye.